Okay, back on a Thursday, and time for your weekly wellness update with our wellness expert here is Laura DeSanctis, who joins us each and every Thursday at this time. Laura, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. Okay, we're going to start this week by talking about the Environmental Working Group. They have released their Clean 15 and their Dirty Dozen. What's this all about, Laura? So every year they release um, a report, and the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen are a list of fruits and vegetables which you should eat, um, let's say, that are conventional or which ones you should avoid. So a lot of people will be like, I can't really afford uh, eating everything organic. So what are the foods I can eat that are conventional, that aren't um, sprayed as as much, don't have as many pesticides? So the Environmental Working Group creates this list every year. And with this list, it tells you how many um, vegetables and or fruits have X amount of pesticides or which ones you should avoid or be more cautious of. So every year they kind of change, but the Clean 15 are the vegetables and fruits that you can buy conventional. You still need to wash them, um, but they're more on the safer side. And every year we see that avocados are in the one to five range, asparagus, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, and cantaloupe. So those are ones that... If you can't really afford organic or if you're at the grocery store and you don't want to get everything organic, I would say stick to those or look on the EWG's website and look for that clean 15. And those are the lists where you'd want to eat more of and not necessarily have to worry if they are organic. Okay. Is there a huge advantage when it comes to organic, organic vegetables? Because I know there's that debate and obviously people uh, with rising prices right now, they've been watching their food bill uh, escalate in this debate as to whether or not it's worth the extra money to go organic or eat organic uh, vegetables. Uh, What's the advantage of uh, eating organic? Yeah, I think when it comes to organic, um, and it's not even our our vegetables and our our fruits too, but even everything that we consume, um, one of the big uh, benefits is really to reduce our dietary pesticide exposure. So there's organic standards and that prohibits the use of synthetic pesticides. And when we eat organic, I know it can be more expensive, but it's food that reduces the pesticide exposure and it's linked to health benefits. And those health benefits can apparently in a lot of studies have shown that there's a reduction in urinary pesticide concentrations. There's improved fertility and birth outcomes. And can it also reduce um, non-Hodgkin lymphoma, as well as it can lower BMI and reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes. So there's a lot of studies that have shown that um, linking higher consumption of organic foods to lowering certain diseases. All right. Is it possible, I know you mentioned a second ago about washing your uh, veggies. Is it possible to wash off pesticides once you get to your vegetables and your fruits home? There, yeah, it is definitely possible. You'd want to use, again, something that's organic and a natural um, um, wash that we're, and a scrubber. So almost like a toothbrush where you want to scrub like your fruits and veggies and scrub the skin. Um, that's possible. But then also, too, is shopping at your local farmer's market. I like to tell people this time of year it's coming up where we can shop local again. And a lot of that uh, from our farmer's market is organic as well. So look at the Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen, but also with the shop locally, I find that that will help as well. All right. By the way, on the uh, uh, Dirty Dozen, did I see kale? Is that right? I'm just trying to find yeah, the... And I know you're not a big fan of kale, but kale has been there <laughs> surprisingly um, every year for a very long time. And when it comes to eating our leafy greens and our veggies, I always like to tell people, look at the Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen list because you'd be surprised. Kale, collard, and mustard greens, as well as bell peppers and hot peppers, those have the most pesticides in them in terms of conventional um and vegetables and that's a surprise to a lot of people as well right yeah when i saw that on the list i thought to myself well there's just another reason to avoid kale 
Thank you. That's good. So, but uh, on the list of the uh, the dirty dozen, also on that list, by the way, which uh, kind of surprised me uh, a little bit, was salary. Celery. So celery is a big one. Um, it's highly sprayed and even strawberries. So strawberries is number one and it's been number one for a few years. And that's actually the most popular berry that North Americans eat. But I think a lot of people don't realize that it's one of the most highly toxic and it contains one of the most pesticides. So yeah, celery, spinach, um, collard greens, and even apples. That's a big one too. All right. Speaking of strawberries, you know what goes with strawberries? Chocolate. And that leads us to our next topic this week, because we're heading into the long Easter weekend. And is there health benefits when it comes to chocolate, Laura? There is, and there isn't. So I hope people don't hate me for saying this, but um, when we look at dark chocolate versus milk chocolate, dark chocolate is always better for you, and raw chocolate. And the reason why is because there's something called cacao. So we've spoke about this before, and I know it sounds really funny. It sounds like I'm saying a cow, Mm -hmm. but raw cacao it's cultivated from the cacao tree, and it has this chemical in it called uh, phenylthiamine, and that's a trigger that releases an endorphin. So when we eat chocolate, a lot of people don't realize that there's actually something scientific happening in our body, and it releases the same effect as if uh, you're falling in love in your brain. So this is why we feel good when we eat chocolate. But chocolate can be healthy for you for sure if it's at least 70% organic cacao. Okay, and what are the health benefits of eating, I guess, the right type of chocolate? The right type of chocolate. Uh, really great question. So if it's the dark chocolate, it contains flavonoids. So flavonoids have these antioxidant properties. Um, so that can also help reduce blood pressure. But again, chocolate, like everything, I always talk about eating in moderation. So I'm not saying we should eat it every day, but the raw chocolate can really, and dark chocolate can help reduce that hypertension. And it can also prevent and or improve diabetes. So there's some studies that found that it can actually increased insulin sensitivity and um, secrete insulin in response to high blood glucose levels. Okay. Are there antioxidants? Are those found in chocolate? Yeah. So definitely there's antioxidants, just like in wine, but these antioxidants in dark chocolate, it, it can increase levels of the good cholesterol, which is HDL cholesterol, and it can actually make that bad LDL cholesterol less susceptible to oxidative damage. All right. And you mentioned a wine there. That also goes very good with chocolate. Certain wines, yes. (laughs) Finally, are there any types of chocolates that we should avoid at all costs? Um, I think everything in moderation, but when we look at milk chocolate versus the dark chocolate, so milk chocolate, and when we look at labels, usually the first three ingredients, um, it's milk chocolate and then sugar. So if you are uh, very sensitive to dairy, you're going to want to avoid the milk chocolate and go go more for the vegan uh, chocolate option. Or if you're diabetic, then I'd stay away from the conventional milk chocolate. But again, everything in moderation. I know it's Easter time and a lot of people are going to be celebrating and having a few Easter bunnies or chocolate. So that's fine. It's just really pay attention to how much chocolate you're having because there's a lot of sugar. And if you're watching uh, your weight or if you're watching um, your sugar levels, pay attention because there's a lot of added sugar in um, conventional chocolate. Okay. Is there something on the label that uh, those listening right now, if they're thinking they want to try to make the healthiest choice they can when it comes to uh, having a treat, having some chocolate, is there something we should be particularly looking for? For sure. So you want to have something, if you're looking at the dark chocolate, at least 70% raw or raw cacao will be on the label. If you're looking at a conventional milk chocolate, it's going to say in the first three ingredients, it's going to contain milk, 
wheat, or soy. So you'd want to try to go for an option that doesn't have uh, soy in it, or if you can go for a vegan option, that's great as well. And then when we're looking at the label, pay attention to how much sugar um, is in the serving, because that's really going to make a difference. All right. Great stuff as always, Laura. Really appreciate this and enjoy the long Easter weekend. Thanks, Jeff. You too. All right. There's our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. You can find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut. And we're back after this here on The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.